ladies and gentlemen, Jason Rowlett here with Four Token Media. You are listening to the Four Token Radio Network. We are so glad to have you along with us as we cover Bitcoin Amsterdam live here in the Dutch Republic. Thank you for listening. Do subscribe, leave us a review. And I am so glad to be having with me now Scott Johnson of Digital Shovel. And Scott, how are you? Glad to uh, meet you and have you on the show. Thanks for having us. I'm great. I'm, I'm over my jet lag, so uh, uh, the next few days will be lovely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it took me a couple of days as well, but uh, finally got over it. Digital Shovel, uh, you, of course, are, are uh, have spoken on a panel here at Bitcoin Amsterdam. And uh, tell us about kind of how the company got started and, and uh, the market niche that you guys were filling. Yeah, so um, I got into uh, Ethereum mining around 2015, 2016. Um, did the, went down the rabbit hole, converted a room in my condo with a bunch of GPUs, uh, worked on a friend building up an industrial unit, uh, and then we wanted to scale and build more. Um, and the logical step for me at the time was convert a shipping container. We did that, built that, uh, and all of a sudden people started asking me, hey, can you build this for me? Um, it wasn't actually my plan to do that, but one thing led to another. In 2018, I found a digital shovel, um, and since then we've grown from cutting shipping containers in a parking lot to 56 full-time staff, completely vertically integrated. We go from the raw sheet metal to the finished product. We assemble our own circuit boards. We write our software for the smart automation of the data centers. And we do it all in-house, all in Canada. Yeah, that, it, it's a really uh, quite phenomenal how you've been able to get all of that together. I don't know that there's another company doing their own and software behind it and all that infrastructure that you put in there. So that, that's really carved out a niche for you mm-hmm. uh, in the in the mining industry. Uh, if, are you seeing a lot of, uh, as far as like competition and that kind of thing, is that, that's really separating you apart, I suppose? Uh, yeah, there, there's definitely competition in the space and there's definitely other people producing similar products to what we do. There's nobody that is as vertically integrated. Mm-hmm. Usually they'll sub out one or more of the components that we make um, to another manufacturer, which there's nothing wrong with that. However, having it all in-house allows us to innovate, pivot, change the market conditions, and improve our product as new challenges come up, uh, whether it be form factor of the miners changing, power densities changing, um, and just challenges in the environment as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tell us about um, where you see it going forward uh, as far as mining. And there's been a lot of, of course, criticism about the environment and those kinds of things. Have you guys been uh, handling challenges like that of the energy consumption? Um, how, how have you guys addressed that to, to the degree that it has uh, perhaps touched your company? Uh, in terms of some of the pushback, <laughs> some of the pushback from the public yeah. and PR and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been you know kind of ringing the bell that uh, for a long time now. When I talk or give interviews, that, oh, it's a massive misconception that Bitcoin mining is bad for the electrical grid. Um, if you're a miner that operates and stays running twenty four seven, three sixty five, yes, definitely is. But the majority of miners don't do that. They they actively curtail. They use underutilized resources to get cheap electricity. And when the market goes to a peak, they turn off. And what that does is it generates more revenue for electricity producers, especially here in the Netherlands, where you've got wind turbines that run 24-7. And a lot of times, they actually produce at a negative rate. They lose money because they have to generate energy and it has to go to the grid. And they'll pay the grid to take that power. 
which makes it harder for green energy producers to operate as a business model. If you can take a Bitcoin miner that guarantees you, hey, look, I'll buy all your cheap power no matter what. But when it's really high and the grid has demand, um, then we'll turn off and let you sell to the grid. You, you're now making it more economically viable for green energy products um, um, to, to come to market and offset a lot of the carbon producers. Um, a lot of plants, or sorry, a lot of um, um, electrical distribution companies and generators are moving to this model. Instead of building more natural gas plants to do, to do pit demand, they're basically using Bitcoin miners as kind of like a reverse peaker plant. So they're consuming all, all the underutilized infrastructure. And then as soon as the price goes up, they turn off. So you don't need to turn on a natural gas plant. You just turn off the Bitcoin miner and it normalizes and levels the grid. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Have you done any uh, other uh, alternative energies? I know there's, and I'm not sure about Canada, but I know there's like gas flares and things like that. Have you, have you uh, I don't know, pursued any of uh, partners so, in that sense? Or? Uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So that was actually the start of our, the need for our mini pod line when we first built it. We used to use conventional shipping containers. We've moved away from that. Uh, we build these module blocks um, that are a lot smaller and they were originally designed or these smaller flare gas sites or stranded gas sites where you've got gas and there's not a pipeline um, to be able to deploy in small increments scaling up and down depending on what your gas is because a lot of those sites it, if you build just a single 40-foot container that's two megawatts for instance not every site is exactly two megawatts it might be a little bit less a little bit more these module blocks we build are designed so you can go to the site you know deploy 900 kilowatts but if the, if the well starts producing less gas, you can take that a block off and go put it in another site. So yeah, we've, we've done quite a bit of those. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Um, using that otherwise wasted energy in, in, in some way, you know, harnessing it, certainly. Um, tell us about your market and who, who you're kind of going after. You go after the, so we say the retail miner all the way up to sort of corporate partnerships. Or, tell our listeners who may be interested in kind of where your, where your target audience is. Uh, yeah, so so we do the whole span. For traditionally, we were doing larger, medium to large companies, um, you know, one megawatt and above type of thing, which is a relatively large investment. Um, you know, our larger clients we've done as much as two hundred megawatts with, um, which is up in the realm of some of the larger sites in the world. Um, but we also produce a retail market um, unit, which is basically for the guy that. You know, they've got a few miners and they want to go to that next step from having a couple miners in the basement but don't want to build a full data center. That's our nanopod line. Uh, that can hold up to 27 uh, Bitmain S19s. Uh, and it has a unique feature that's designed for heat recovery. So it's got six fans on it. You can put three of them going into a garage or a greenhouse or a building, three of them going outside. You put a thermostat inside your, your unit, and when the temperature gets up, those three fans turn off and it puts the heat going out where, and it's a heat vectoring system, basically, to allow you to use that heat. Because you produce a tremendous amount of heat, and there's a, uh, definitely a value in being able to reuse that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, tell us about your roadmap going forward. What are the next uh, three to five years or so look like for Digital Shovel? Uh, <laughs> three to five years. Three to five years. Three to five hours. It feels, five like, hours. You're, it feels like you're talking centuries in the big centuries. Yeah. Um, yeah, 2024. Let's, let's, let's keep it to that. Yeah, 2024, uh, well, we, we've just launched a redesigned version of the mini pod, which is the S300. Uh, we do have an immersion product line. It's going to be coming to market um, within possibly next year. Um, and we do have something else. I can't give all the details on it, but a 
a way to basically make the majority, if not all, Bitcoin miners six to eight percent more power efficient. Uh, we're hoping Q1 of next year we're going to be doing the announcement for that. It's definitely very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. With uh, one last thing with the the having coming up, and does, is that you know it's a huge event? But is that do you see that as a uh, going to affect your your business as far as positively with more people wanting to get in on uh, mining before you know bitcoin in particular yep three big things that are coming up yeah um, one's the happening and traditionally we have a rally that follows the happening um, and i think you have two big catalysts that are also going to be coming along um you know if if today the sec doesn't appeal um grayscale's uh, decision on the uh, on the etf you're going to have an ETF coming to market for Bitcoin. Um, you have ordinals which are taking and pushing up the transaction fees in the Bitcoin network, which generates more revenue for Bitcoin miners. And then you get an FTX, or sorry, FTX, bad word. Edit that out. You have an ETF coming out. Um, you have way larger transaction fees that are going to be going on to the network, which is a huge catalyst for Bitcoin, uh, or for Bitcoin miners, rather. And then lastly, you have this transition of new equipment. The S21 is going to start delivering um, Q1, Q2 of next year from Bitmain, and you're going to have this huge exodus of S19s from the big commercial miners. That's going to present a lot of opportunities for small to medium miners to get into the space with way less capex than what you're not buying five, ten thousand dollar machines. You're going to be buying two or three hundred dollar machines, which if you time it correctly and you have your energy price at, at a competitive rate, you have some real opportunity to make some good money there. So I think 2024 is going to be a fantastic year. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely. Uh, ETF coming up, hopefully, uh, ordinals and then the happening in uh, spring of next year. Absolutely. Where can we find you? And uh, we'll put your, your, your links, your website and socials in the show notes as well. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah, digitalshovel.com. Uh, and then on all social media, we're digital underscore shovel. Excellent. All right, Scott. Thank you so much. Scott Johnson of uh, Digital Shovel. We're glad to have you on. Love to have you back sometime. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it.